Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. My Woo-hoo! name is Carly, and I'm your host on our podcast. Oh. So, on today's episode, we'll be talking about something that may Behold. not seem to make sense, Perry, given that For it's October. Christmas. We're talking about Christmas, my favorite thing ever. But specifically, we're talking about planning Christmas services for your church. But it's important to oh. know that if you're not a church leader, it's we're going to be talking about... I'll be... We're going to be talking about leadership principles that can be applied to whatever event you need to plan for. So, here we go, Perry. Are you ready? And mistletoe. Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. So, why in the world are we talking about Christmas in October? I have no idea, Carly. It was just on the podcast schedule, and I thought, hey. No, seriously, one of the reasons we're talking about Christmas in October is... Um, I learned years and years and years ago that if you want to have an effective Christmas service, it actually begins weeks, if not months, before the Christmas services um, to really plan um, and prepare. A lot of people, a lot of people say pray, and I just want to go ahead and save some some emails. Uh, yes, you should pray to Jesus. Absolutely, I believe in prayer, but I also believe in perspiration. And it's amazing to me the number of times that a lot of Christians will say, hey, we need to pray, but they use it as an excuse for inactivity. So while we do need to be praying for our sermons and services year around, um, the reason we're talking about Christmas in October is because um, if you're you're not really planned or at least have a 30,000-foot view of what you want to accomplish in your Christmas services, by the end of October, um, it's... I mean, I'm not going to say it's too late, but man, you're you're really really pushing it and you need to get that you need to get it planned as soon as possible. Yeah, so how are planning in advance and leadership linked together? Well, I had a I had a mentor tell me one time, fail to plan, plan to fail. And that's something that really resonated with me. Um, you know, one of the things I love to do is I love to study history. And um, because history and leadership, especially when it comes to the wars, go hand in hand. And one of the things uh, I'm understanding about the greatest military generals is they didn't just go out to the battlefield and tell their troops, run and shoot. I mean, there was a plan involved um, that, that needed adjustments all along the way, but but they were executing a plan. The same, the same is true in college football, my favorite sport in the world, um, that, that college teams have a game plan. It's, it's not like backyard football. I remember playing backyard football. You probably never played backyard football, did you? I actually you? have. Have you really? Yep. Okay. So in backyard football, you huddle up and you go, okay, you go long, you go short, you go here, you go there. They don't do that in college football. They actually have a game plan that takes hours and hours and hours hours to put together and then when they go out and execute that game plan most of the time um, it results in winning and so the reason planning and leadership are they hold hands you can't separate planning and leadership if we're going to be great leaders then we got to put out some great plans 
And the day that we stop putting out great plans, then we need to plan to stop being a leader. Ooh, that's real good. Thanks. I just came up with that. I dropped that, that mic. Well, I'm not going to do that because we paid a lot of money for this mic. Yeah. Okay. All right. So why is the Christmas season such a critical time to plan and connect with people who are not in your church? You know what's funny is, um, and I didn't know this until I started doing a little bit more international travel, um, but Christmas is um, pretty much accepted across the world as that time when people are the most open to go to church. Yeah. Um, now I'm I live I was born in America, live in you know live in America, love America, and I always thought that it was Christmas and Easter. Um, but as I've once once again as I've traveled the world, Easter isn't as big of a deal um, internationally as as Christmas. I yeah. want to pause for those people that just think I dissed the resurrection. I di- I'm, I'm, I love Easter. you got to put these qualifications in there because <laughs> yeah. we have a small staff and so we don't have a lot of time for emails. Um, but it, but um, a lot of people internationally don't recognize Easter as much. And I think it's because it's a, it's a floating holiday, honestly. You never know. But Christmas every year is going to be on December 25th. And Christmas time, I would I would say, and I don't have any statistics to prove this, but just this is just what I've seen and experienced in over a couple decades of ministry, is Christmas time is the time when people are the most open to attend a church service or a Christmas service or a Christmas event. They're the most open to attend church during. In your mind, what's the goal of a well-executed service? Like, of course, we want to share the gospel, but in addition to that, is it to get people back at the start of the year? I think so. I think um, we already have a natural momentum day built in the calendar, and that's, of course, the whenever we decide to do our Christmas service or Christmas Eve service or whatever a church wants to do. Um, but the, the goal, since they're there is to get them back. And we have a captive audience, and what we need to do is is tell them what's what's next, what's coming next. L- let me set it up like this. Um, it wasn't a Christmas service, but I learned this the hard way um, when I was pastor of New Spring, and we had our 10-year anniversary, and we had it at a place in the upstate of South Carolina called, um, at the time it was called the Bilo Center, and it seated 15,000 people. And so the week before at all of our campuses, we had uh, around 8,000 people show up for church. And then at the Bilo Center, we had like 15,000 people. We filled it up. It was amazing. It was like the greatest thing ever. And then the next week, um, I was thinking, man, we'll have like 9,000, maybe 10,000 people. And we actually had 7,800. We had less people the next week than we did the week before after this big anniversary service. And I was confused about it for a long time until I began scratching my head and realizing, you know what? I assumed that people knew what I knew or what was coming next. So I I assumed that people knew what I knew and therefore they would want what I wanted. And those were two assumptions that I made as a leader um, that, that weren't good. And so going all the way back to Christmas services, one of the things that I think we could really, really, really um, put in front of the people that are there, because they're all going to be there, is give them a good reason as to why they need to come back 
So what series are you starting the year out with? What special event are you going to do next? What is the reason they need to come back? Now, this year, Christmas is on a... Uh, Christmas Eve actually is on a Sunday, I believe. And so the next week would be New Year's Eve. So maybe you're going to do something special on New Year's Eve. The first Sunday in January is January the 7th, I believe. And so what series are you going to start on January the 7th of 2018 that you can really put in front of people that are going to cause them to get excited and want them to step back into your church? Tell them what's coming next because they don't know Um, what you know, and therefore they can't feel what you feel. Yeah, that's good. So obviously Christmas is big for families and spending time together. So um, how should pastors engage and lead their volunteers and staff during such a busy time of year? So this is completely um, boils down to ministry philosophy. You know, Christmas is um, huge as far as family and you got you got to go to the in-laws, and you got to go to the outlaws' house, and you—I mean, there, there's so many different things that that you got to do. For me, though, for, for me, my philosophy was um, Christmas is the Super Bowl, and we you you don't play all year in the NFL to get to the Super Bowl and take time off. And so, um, I really, 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 when I was senior pastor, wanted to make sure that we um, had all of our staff. And um, on hand for all of our Christmas services, and and that was just something we issued across the board. If you're on staff, you have to be at our Christmas services. We need people there. This is the biggest time of year. It's a humongous outreach. But on the flip side, the other thing we did is we shut the office down, the whole office down, the week after Christmas, and everybody got that week off. And here's the other thing. It didn't count against their normal vacation time. So that was like an extra week of vacation. Um, And that comes down to the philosophy, work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. And so as a pastor or as a church leader, you just have to figure out what's important to you in regards to um, the, the, the Christmas season, the Christmas schedule, when do you want your staff to work, and when are you going to give them time off? Because that is an incredibly busy time, but it's always awesome when you ask a lot from someone to turn back around and say, you know what, you worked real hard, we're going to give you a few extra days off to catch your breath. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, kind of shifting a little bit, what are two to three things pastors and ministry leaders can do today to practically prepare for Christmas services at their church? Um so today, number number one is you got to have a really good follow-up system in place. Like, what are you going to do to follow up with the people that visit your church? Now, here's, here's the thing that I discovered. Not everyone who visits your church is going to fill out a guest information card or go by a, 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 a room or a tent that you might have set up or whatever. Not everybody's going to do that. But the one place you can always, always, always connect with your first-time visitors is in the children's area. Because a first-timer is going to check in their child, and when they check in their child, you've got their name, you've got their email address, um, you've got their phone number, you've got their physical address, and you can figure out, hey, what can we do to really connect with the parents that bring their children 
to um, one of our environments for a Christmas service. That is a home run. And it and and let me just say this: it doesn't need to be a form letter, dear so and so. We're so thankful that you dropped your child off. And da, 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 da. It doesn't need to be a, like what could you do to go the extra mile? Because at the end of the day, this is the Christmas services, and the goal of a first timer is to actually turn a first timer into a second timer, and turn a second timer into a lifer. And so the that that all begins with that follow up process. Um, the second thing that you can do, and I'm kind of repeating myself here, but I got to keep coming back to this, is really, really, really figure out as a church and as a ministry team, what's the next most important thing you're doing as a church? And then during the course of your Christmas service, you not only need to advertise it, but I would say you need to put something in the hands of the people as they leave the church service, so as they're walking out to remind them, hey, this is what's coming next, and this is why you've got to be there. But wait, let me let me kind of emphasize that. Not only tell them what's coming, because we sometimes we tell them what's coming, but they don't know why they need to be there. So when we're advertising what's coming next, we need to tell them what it is that's coming next and why it's going to matter to them. Those are those are two of the most um, important things that that I think a church leader could focus on. Yeah, so we know that the Christmas season is important for new people to the church, but is there another area that church leaders should focus on as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Church, uh, our Christmas season every year is a great time for the church to focus on giving. Um, Statistics prove uh, that people are way more generous in December. Um, they also prove that they're way more broke in January. So, so Christmas is a good time to really, really, really emphasize um, a Christmas offering. Now, let me I, let me just say this: the very first year I ever did a Christmas offering in 2001, it was a colossal failure, and it was a it was a colossal failure on so many levels. On the flip side. In the year 2016, when we did a Christmas offering, it was our most successful Christmas, or 2015, sorry, 2015. 2015? I can't remember now. 2015, yes, sorry. I have not been drinking again. So 2015, (laughs) it was our most successful Christmas offering ever. And uh, when I say most successful Christmas offering ever, we raised $3.25 million over and above the regular tithes and offerings for that month, with, uh, that month which, by the way, also increased. And um, what I learned from that colossal failure from 2001 to the unbelievable success that we were able to experience in 2015, um, it, it could be a whole nother podcast, but... I'll tell you what you can do if you're listening to this podcast right now is you can go to my website, our, our, our the Growth Company's website, which is IWantMyChurchToGrow.com, IWantMyChurchToGrow.com, and on the website you will see, um, it, it's, it's just going to be a pop-up right there where you can download for free, listen people, free. When I say free, I mean free. We're not going to send you a hey, here's half of it, and you can buy the other half for $7, um, which now that I'm thinking about it, maybe we should have. But but this is free, and it's a PDF download on um, the mistakes I made 
at the first Christmas offering and how we were able to kind of turn that around toward the last Christmas offering and then how you can set your church up well to take up a very successful Christmas offering this year. So I want my church to grow.com. Just go to the website, the PDF, you'll see it right there. It's available for free. You can download it. And that's our that's our Christmas gift to you this year from the growth company because I believe if you will you will put into practice what we've written up in this um, it's actually how to take up a great Christmas offering, you will see better results than you've ever seen in a Christmas offering. So December is a phenomenal time to engage people in generous giving. It's also, by the way, it's also a Christmas offering is also an opportunity to engage people in your church that have never actually given. And I talk about that a lot in the PDF along with several other things as well. I hope you'll go and download that because we want to give you that this year for Christmas because I believe that I believe the local church is the hope hope of the world. I believe the local church can do more good for society than any other organization in the world. And I think um, any way we can figure out how to increase giving in the church, we need to do it. And I'm absolutely confident that this free PDF will help you out. And, and Carly, when I say free? He means free. Free. No upsell on this. It's absolutely free. Yes, go get that thing. Well, thanks for being a good sport by listening to us talk about Christmas in October. So just make sure to tune into the next edition this month while we talk about how leaders can start and restart. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.